0: Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew, hi buddy. <laughs> that's kind of the way the show gets open. Now, I know, right? I know. Hey, we could Matthew. just pull it in from any other episode, except yeah, for that. We could AI now it. we're bantering. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. right. Hey, ChatGPT. Okay. <laughs> so banter over. Let's shift. <laughs> okay. I'm really stoked about having the two guests that we have on today. Yes. For a couple of reasons. Number one, I have been inspired to worship more deeply and more intimately. Because of Carolyn, who is a keyboardist on our worship team. Yes, she is. That's number one. It just comes out of her. It's beautiful. just... Especially at that retro night. That was fun, right? (laughs) I didn't get to see it, but I heard about it. And so, that's part of it. The other part is, I don't know Gary at all. This is a guy that tagged along with her. He purports to be her husband. And the stories that came up from the retro night of that song that... You're going to have to help me on this, Carolyn. It's the one- Shine, Jesus, Shine. Shine, Jesus, Shine. And then was it the guy who wrote Shine, Jesus, Shine was at this conference you guys were at? Right. And so there were like 5,000 people there. There were like young people who Mm -hmm. were either training or were missionaries all over the place in Europe.
1: They came from the United States, Korea, all over Europe- the United Kingdom, and they were gathering together for a conference, and then they were going out after the three- or four-day conference to evangelize Europe. (laughs) So there were – people going out for anywhere from 2 weeks to 6 weeks to yeah. evangelize Europe so
0: so that's when I figured no I got to meet these guys I got to find out this story and when we were praying we pray before every episode because the lord knows yeah. we need prayer and we want him to breathe on these conversations mm-hmm. to encourage and equip people to share Jesus mm. and it just felt so good because we got to talk and it was And it's like, we're friends that hadn't hung out yet, Yeah. but I got a feeling that you've loved Jesus for a long, long time. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Many years. So I just want to know right off the bat, how did he capture your heart? And you can respond in any order you would like, Gary and Carolyn.
1: It's interesting, I was thinking about it just as far as missions was concerned. I became a Christian when I was five years old. I remember asking Jesus to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior, thanking Him for dying for my sins. And at that point, I remember telling my mom and dad, I feel so different. And I was only five years old, but I knew that Jesus had come to live within me. So anyway, from second grade on is when I began to feel the call into missions. And that was renewed. I can remember at a junior high camp in high school saying, here, my Lord, send me. And at the same time, I was saying, boy, I've got to find somebody, too, that wants to go into missions. And Gary and I actually met in a music group when we were 18 and 19 years old mm-hmm. and that was during the Jesus movement and we were just so excited. You could go anywhere, in restaurants, in parks, anywhere, and tell people about Jesus. And that was so exciting. But Gary's call to missions is really different than mine. You should tell him how you got involved. Yeah, I came
2: from a pagan background and (laughs) wanted to have nothing to do with Jesus. And then at about age 18, this music group came to my high school, and they did a concert which we gave them three standing ovations. (laughs) They were Chrysler's Roadshow. And I said to the drummer next to me, there were 22 drummers and we were number one and two. I said, hey, Victor, I think we're better than that drummer. Let's beat him out of his job. I skipped school the next week and auditioned for this group. And a couple of the guys said, let us take you out for a burger afterwards. And a sax player from my school was there who wasn't a believer either. They began to talk to us in the restaurant about Jesus, and I've been to church. I know Jesus died for my sins and that he rose from the dead, but it wasn't, didn't have any personal meaning to me. And talking to Doug, the sax player afterwards, he said, no, nah, I'm not going with that group. <laughs> they said you could give two weeks' notice and back out. They invited me to come in August of 68 to a rehearsal camp in Alma, Michigan at the university. And there were singers, there were roadies, there were sound people. The big band that I was a part of as a drummer. And they showed a movie in that month called Face the Music. And in that, the trumpet player said, man, I love the music. It's fantastic. But that Jesus stuff, they can keep it. <laughs> and as I was listening to that, I, I started to oh, get man. nervous and sweat shake. And I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on. I had no idea what the conviction of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. was. But I knew at that point that I was that trumpet player. I went back to my room, got on my knees. I said, Jesus, I've been playing in bars and clubs since I was 13 in the state of Nebraska. My folks could take me or my dad would, somebody over 21. And I said, if you can work in my heart, I just want to give you my life. And if not, there's a lot of bars and clubs waiting for me back in Omaha. (laughs) If you got rejected by Jesus. (laughs) So that was the start of a new life. And we were quite busy that year doing shows all over the country, did some Bob Hope specials and... Jim Neighbors saying sure. one of our things, and Pat
0: Boone. and For uh, all you kids, all you millennials and under, uh, <laughs> yeah. you can Google these names find out who <laughs> he's yeah, talking about. Right. <laughs> yes.
2: But anyway, it was a second year. They invited me to come back, and K- Carolyn actually came to play the keyboard, and they started a second group. And we were in the same group, and it was probably halfway through that year that uh, we began to realize I did anyway, that God is working in her life. I'm a believer, but he is far more real to her than he is me. Hmm. And so as we began to pray and read the Bible together, I remember at the end of the tour, we sat down and we typed out teen-specific answers to prayer. And I thought God just became so real to me. And it was at that point that she went off to college at Trinity and, in the Chicago area, and I went on to a couple of other music groups. Continued traveling, and decided to settle down in '72. And in '74, we were both out here in San Diego, and decided to marry. So and there it, you go, mm-hmm. fifty
0: years ago this June, this coming coming June. June. Yeah, that's so cool. Congratulations! Thank that's you. so cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that really can't be overlooked my grandkids have gone to see jesus revolution and they were blown away that their grandma sylvia had gone into that greg laurie tent that she had gone there it was for real yeah Yeah. and that was the thing that greg laurie says in the movie i'm pretty sure it was that character and he goes wait a minute you don't understand he's real this is all real, this is the real thing. And that was part of that Jesus movement. It's Mm -hmm. like you could talk to anybody because the reality of it was so obvious and so rich. Mm -hmm. And having that, like you're talking about Carolyn's relationship was more real, more tangible. That just comes out of people and people have to ask Mm -hmm. questions, they have to discover why. How is that? You guys got together, and then did you immediately go all over the world on missions?
1: We worked in a church for about four years doing music, um, and that's when I really began to learn about worship because what happened to me, I thought you can either just rehearse this song or you can sing it to the Lord as you are rehearsing it, as you are going through it. And I began to realize the reality of singing directly to the Lord. yeah. And so we worked for four years, and during that time, we'd heard more missionaries (laughs) speak, and we decided that we wanted to look into several missions. And then the one that got interested in us was called Operation Mobilization, and that's the one we went with. It was a short-term mission. I think Gary had told Matt beforehand that we originally went for two years, which turned into 27, so (laughs) a long, long long-term. Yeah, his plans are not our plans. So we spent Mm. seven years on the ship Dulos, and that ship would go port to port, and I worked with music, Gary did too. He also taught in a lot of conferences on board, Then they would have teams that would go out and do evangelism as well. And so we had our three children during those times. Our first one was born in the island of Barbados, the second was born in Lima, Peru, and the third was born in Lisbon, Portugal. Oh, wow. And by then, we decided we'd been with the ship ministry for seven years, and our heart was for Spain. We had done our first summer campaign in Spain the whole summer, and we realized that only 0.01 or 0.02 percent of the people were believers. That you could drive all day in Spain through town after town after town with no believers. Wow. And even those that were Catholic, they were non-practicing. They yeah. said, what, 98% or something weren't even really practicing Catholics. Yeah. So yeah. we moved into Spain. And that's really interesting, too, because a church choir came, and we'd had this burden for Spain. And we had made negotiations with the guy that headed up the Bible correspondence course as a Spaniard and decided that we would. you had to get permission to be able to move into Spain. So we knew at that time that's what we wanted to do. How we moved was just amazing. The ship was in southern Spain at the time, and a German choir full of young people, a bus, came down and spent a couple weeks on the ship, and they were going home to Germany. So we said, do you think we could catch a ride with you (laughs) and put our things on your bus? And could you drop us off in Barcelona? So we traveled all night. They dropped us off at the apartment that Gary had gone ahead to rent. Mm -hmm. Quickest move. Quickest move in in our (laughs) life. The young people carried our boxes. Oh yeah, those
0: German choirs are great at moving people. It's just a specialty.
1: (laughs) And that was it. And all of a sudden we went Oh my goodness, we are in Barcelona. So then that's when we started to work and we were church planning. Yeah,
0: tell me about that. I want to know because there are people, I think, that the Lord is calling them. He's calling them to something different. Because you can share your faith right across the street to a completely different culture. That can happen all over the place. But we're called to the nations. Mm. So what was that like in Barcelona? What was your ministry like? What was your… Approach Primarily our time in Barcelona, which was short, only for a year.
2: We both were studying at different times at a language institute. I was studying in the university in the late afternoons and evenings. Then we moved an hour to an hour and a half north of there, right on the coast of the Mediterranean in the city of Blanes, which was a city of 22,000 at the time. No church, no believers to our knowledge in the city. We were put with another couple who lived in the village next door, just a few miles away, and a couple of believing families from other villages that came. One of them did live in Blountess, they had moved there, and we began to have little Bible studies together. Mm -hmm. But primarily we thought, we're musicians, we want to use our musical gifts, we want to use what God has given us, just to reach out. And we had learned to do outreach. Through sketchboard, we could go out on Sunday, people were dressed to the hilt, and sometimes we would have up to two or 300 people stop just to wonder what we were doing with this sketchboard and the paintings, (laughs) and they would listen. And it was just a lot of sowing seeds, passing out little tracks and talking to people afterwards. And uh, Bait. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, bait, exactly. <laughs> like and foosball tables and video true. games.
2: that yes. yes. we to get it. We're Got masters it. at, we at it. We understand yeah. bait.
0: Yeah.
2: And then Carolyn started a, a music club through the little church that we were starting. I started a baseball club. We were part of a big church in Omaha, and one of the pitchers from the New York Yankees was in that church, and he let us use his house for the summer, and The church took an offering of bats and balls and bases (laughs) and jerseys and hats, and we went back with a lot of stuff. And so I went to the main TiVo, which would be like the main sports hall in the city, and said, I've got all this stuff, I'd be happy to form a ball club, so I had to go to a lot of Padres games, learn all the language related to baseball in Spanish, and in the middle of all of our practices, I told them we're just going to have some people from the church share, and they were happy about that. They paid the insurance, and we could share through ball games and testimonies and through music, and eventually we did. We, within a couple, two or three years, had a small church of 30,
0: 40 people. Wow, where there were none. Yeah, we're you know, there, we're, we're, we're not. Just, yeah, that, yeah, That's amazing. And that obviously works for foreign missions. I and mean, if you just, yeah. what do we got? You got fish, you got loaves of bread. Exactly. The Lord oh, breathes man. on it, and He accomplishes His purposes. Mm. People can do that right here, too. Yes. Yeah, what do absolutely. you got? Put it to use for the Lord. Right. And that is very cool.
2: Yeah, we loved our 10 years, practically, that we were in Spain. And we always look forward to going back because... It, when we came back to the States, it was very difficult, particularly for our children who were now...
1: Teenagers.
2: Uh, yeah, teenagers. There's mm. difficulty
0: number one. Yeah, <laughs> difficulty number
2: one. They said, well, what are we doing in this country? We don't even like it here. America. <laughs> we are Spaniards. I said, "Be well, your blonde hair and blue eye, you fit right in. But their way of thinking, philosophizing yeah. was totally Spanish, very different yeah. from our culture. But... The transition, although it was very difficult, eventually it came about with many hardships in the process. We moved in with her parents where we now live. Her parents have passed away, and the Lord has blessed us with a beautiful home. And uh, <clears throat> We love just serving. In fact, there are different people that we like to look after. The people around us that God puts in our lives. Uh, hmm. One of those young men is now sixty-seven. He grew up with her parents as a foster child, and uh, he really can't do much for himself. Mm-hmm. And He's another mentally disabled, mentally yeah. disabled, and yeah. another lady who's had twenty-nine or thirty surgeries in life with brittle bone disease, and been through leukemia. She's only four foot nine, or everything in her house was built small. Friend of ours, ours from the mission, a letter to the Lord, and we've become very close friends, and we try and stay in close touch, and if we can be of any help, and people like that. Yeah. God just puts in your life, Lord, what can I do? And as Mike was sharing last Sunday about just being a servant. The Lord just said, Richie, that 67-year-old, you're not treating him nicely, Gary. You need to go spend more time with him. In fact, you need to clean that little yard, and you need to clean his trailer. And I thought, Lord— I did that with my two boys once when he had an apartment and it was really scuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus goes, Yeah, I know. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. No big
2: yeah. deal.
1: And and that's right. So.
0: Carolyn, what's what's going on with you these days? What's the Lord teaching you? And i just like to know what's up.
1: Yes. About a year ago this month, in fact. I was diagnosed with fourth stage metastatic breast cancer, which means in 2005, I had breast cancer then and went through chemo and all those things, and I had 17 years clear And suddenly I can remember telling Hank, Hank, my back really hurts, just sitting on the stool, Good Friday service.
0: This is our worship pastor, uh, Hank D. Husky, who's been on the show.
1: And I Mm -hmm. said, maybe I need a chair or something like that to sit down in between songs. Anyway, it turned out a couple months later that they found the cancer, and it's in my pelvis, my femurs, my back, a couple of my ribs. And I have been on medication now since that time. But I wanted to share concerning that something exciting. Last December, I had a dream. And in this dream, because when I came back from the mission field, I was a teacher for a number of years, and had retired in 2016, I think it was. But anyway, in this dream, I was watching some smaller children. And they were maybe about five years old. And they were playing soldiers. And as they were playing, I noticed some traits that were very good in the children. So I pulled two boys over afterwards. And in the dream, I said to them, you were so courageous. You had, you just showed a really courageous heart. And then I pulled aside a little girl and I said, "You know what? You had such a kind heart. I really commend you for that kind heart." And then I woke up. And right away, God said to me, "Those are two things that you need to pursue in this battle that you are in. Wow. You need to pursue courage and a kind heart." And one of my favorite verses is Joshua 1:9, "Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified." Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. And the other thing, I can remember Mm -hmm. telling Linda Hoffman this verse, even I think it was during COVID, from Psalm 27, I would have despaired Mm -hmm. unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. So I think God's been teaching me. Patience, perseverance, courage, and a lot of things we go, God, can't I just learn this some other way? <laughs> Do I have to learn it with pain and suffering and book? disease? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mm. God, no, That's those are things that he is teaching me through this. And living each day, I go, okay, I may not live another day. I don't really know. If I get a bad infection or anything like that, I can – be hospitalized, and that could be it. I just know that my time is limited, and you want it to count. Yeah. But it's very interesting. We haven't really changed a lot of things because God has been a priority in our life, and we love to spend time with Him in the morning in prayer and reading the Word. And those things, those values didn't change. Yeah. Those values are the same. So I, I'm really thankful for the Lord's presence and help through Journey.
0: You are just absolutely uh, bursting with life. Oh yeah! And uh, so that is such an encouragement to people, I'm sure, who are mm. going through similar situations.
1: Oh, I right? I forgot to tell you, there's a miracle that happened in May. Okay, just this I want to May, hear. you got to hear this. So, my knee was getting worse and worse to walk, my right knee, and we thought maybe that the doctor thought maybe the cancer had metastasized down to the knee, so they were going to be doing an MRI. I was walking with a cane, and I can remember I sat next to Curtin Sue Edwards at church, and he said to me, Has anyone anointed you with oil and prayed for you? I said, I've had a lot of prayer, but I don't think I've been anointed with oil. He said, How about tonight? And you know what? It was <laughs> Mission Sunday. Oh, it was man. that Saturday night. Get him, Curt. So, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so we, he said, Are Sorry. you ready at the end? I said, Yeah. So I'm walking down with a cane. Who comes up to me but Brianna and goes, the Lord just told me that I should pray for you. I go, okay, join us. So then Kurt said he couldn't at the time find a pastor, so he grabbed Shane. So here we are, Shane and Brianna. Now, Kurt is
0: an ordained pastor. Kurt is like a pastor. pastor. No,
1: but he meant like a Foothills pastor. Everybody who was engaged, talking with people in that So they prayed for me. Now, the tumor was somewhere inside my knee near the outside edge, but every time I walked, it went bump. It was very uncomfortable to walk. Within a couple days, all of a sudden, I go, the bump, it's up here on top of the knee, above the knee. It's out of the knee. And all the bumping in the knee went. (laughs) I had the biopsy done, which was very easy to access up there, and they said benign and... That was it but the lord restored the walking
2: you threw your cane away too, and yeah, yeah. the
1: cane went in the closet That's and, right. yeah amazing
2: yeah absolutely it really and, was and when we went to the oncologist yeah. <laughs> she said to him went up for prayer and was prayed over and the little tumor to moved to the top he just sat there in silence he didn't know what to say, say. maybe this
1: maybe that surgeon too he said my goodness the tumor moved (laughs) because they (laughs) don't move yeah Yeah, yeah. that's right oh Uh, so it was that was very exciting to me oh absolutely god is answering prayer and it may take time for healing complete healing but we're just on this journey whatever he's got
0: yeah and while you're in the midst of it you're living and you're trusting and you're serving
1: trust is a big word amen
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely and boy, it's something where some of the people that we have on the show, they've been Christians for a short period of time Mm -hmm. and have gone through dramatic encounters with Jesus Mm. and those of us who have been walking with him for a long time, that we can come alongside some of these younger Christians who don't have all these monuments of his faithfulness over and over again. You've seen it Mm. in your life. You have every reason to believe that he is going to be faithful in this. So true. And he's God.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And he's God.
0: So what's he teaching you, Gary? What's up? In the last couple of months, a
2: verse that's spoken to me, is out of Deuteronomy 30, near the end of the chapter, verse 20, where the Lord says, you know, I have set before you life and death, a blessing and a curse. So choose life that you might live. And how do you choose life? He says, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, just lovingly obeying and walking with Him, and by clinging to Him. This is your life and your length of days. We've had an individual who's lived with us who's made bad choices. We've had a number of people who've lived with us over the years and we've seen some bad choices that have been made. I'm just encouraged by that verse because it shows us that God doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't make us choose. He gives us the choice. But we have to make that choice of doing what is right and that choice is made by loving him by walking with him in loving obedience to yeah. him mm-hmm. and just clinging to him. Yeah. And by doing what is right. What is it? Micah 6.8 just comes to mind all yeah. the time. You, yeah. You do what's right and you walk in
1: do justly love mercy
2: this, and walk humbly, right. humbly with, with your, your God. God. That's right. I'm I'm good at citing where it's from. Sometimes the verses escape me, but
0: I can probably tell you approximately where it's found. And I'm the exact opposite. I'm like with David or whoever said, it's written somewhere. (laughs) 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 But I know it's in there. There. It's there.
1: I think uh, when you're talking about that, part of the healing of my heart that God did when he healed my eye years ago was just that sense that I felt duty. It was a duty to read Mm. the Word of God. It was a duty to serve Him. And even when you're getting burnt out, duty. And what God did is He showed me that all has to be done out of love for Him. It's because we're madly in love with Him that we serve and we do things, everything. So then rules turn into, well, I love doing this because I'm doing it for somebody I love. Yeah. Yes, yes. It gives fear of the
0: Lord <clears throat> gives fear of the Lord a different meaning. It really does. It really does. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I think we just have to pray for that because there are people that are duty people and they just need to lay that down mm. and say, Father, would you just fill me with your love? Because we love because yeah. He Absolutely. first loved us, right? Yeah. 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 And then yeah. it changes the nature of every single thing we do. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> I That's would great. just like both of you to take a turn here to pray for the people that are listening. Because there are so many different mm-hmm. portions of this, people that are called to missions. There are people that are right here that God is calling them to step out in faith, like he did with you guys, and use their talents mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. There are people who are walking through hard times, physically, you know, mm-hmm. financially. And, and yeah. i just like mm-hmm. you to to pray for those people that are listening to the podcast right now. Yeah. Would you do that? Yeah. Lord, I just think of the verse that comes to mind that the fields are white for harvest. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm. And even since you said that, Lord, that hasn't changed today. You said, pray that you, the Lord of the harvest, would send forth workers into your field. Mm. And Lord, we just know there are so many in great need throughout the world. Lord, we're only 300 million in our nation. There's so much need, but there's... 7 billion plus in the world. You so love the world. Yeah. All those you created that you long to reach out, Lord. And I believe there are those that you want to launch out. Lord, In that word, send out into the fields, white for harvest, the same word you used in casting out demons. You forced them out even against their own will. And so, Lord, I just ask that you might speak to those who need to consider going in serving, perhaps in some other field. Lord, and they need to learn that right here where they live, Mm -hmm. with neighbors, with family, Mm -hmm. friends, those around them, colleagues they work with. Lord, that you would open their hearts to just uh, give them words and uh, seeds to be planted in hearts that you might water by your spirit to draw people to you and that you would send them out that they might honor and glorify you with their lives wherever you take them. So just put that in your hands and ask that you might bring it to pass in yeah. your precious name, Jesus.
1: Amen. Lord, I pray for people right now that are suffering and especially mm-hmm. have a big why in their spirit that haven't yet yielded that why up to you and trusted you for what you want to do during this time of suffering. Lord, I thank you so much that even when mm. I've gone through times of pain, you've, you have said, as a father pities his children. So the Lord pities those that fear him. And Lord, you're willing to be with us in the pain. You're willing to Hold our heart and our hands and just help us through those difficult times. Lord God, I just pray that from people that are suffering that may be hearing this, that you will find a great harvest, Lord, that in other words, as you're plowing our lives, Mm -hmm. as you're plowing them, that what will happen, there'll be great fruit brought forth, great fruit, Lord, great fruit. And it may not be something that somebody else sees, but it will be something that to you has a sweet smell, a Mm -hmm. sweet savor, because we have not slammed it in your face, Lord, but said, okay, God, Whatever you will, I'm here. And Lord God, at the same time, I praise Mm. you that you're the healer. (laughs) You are definitely the Lord that heals us. I Mm. have no question about that. And I thank you, Lord, that we can surrender and just go, okay, whatever you have, if that's Mm. complete healing or if that's right now going through a time (sighs) of suffering so that I'm learning some things. Whatever, Lord, I pray that you will be glorified in our lives, yes. that the worship would be sweet to you, sweet to mm. you, Lord, coming up as a sweet fragrance to you, Lord, from our hearts. So thank you. Thank you for what you're teaching us. and. We do choose life, Lord, we choose courage, we choose a kind heart, Mm. one that blesses other people that are around us rather than dumping all our junk on them. Lord, I just thank you so much Mm. that you're with us, you never leave us, you never leave us or forsake us, never, not one second, not one moment, you walk with us all the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Hmm. Thank you. Amen.